Thank you for tuning into sermons from Liberty Baptist Church in Newport Beach, California. Our goal is to help you know God more and take the next step in your spiritual journey, no matter where you're at. If you have questions about God or about Liberty, you can connect with us at libertybaptistchurch.org. We pray that the Lord will use this message to be a help and encouragement in your life. Matthew chapter number six. What a privilege it has been to be here tonight. I would have come all the way to California just to watch the baptism video. You as a church should be proud is the word I want to use, but I don't want to cause a a disconnect there. But I think you should be quite proud that someone came here and said, there's a place for me. If that didn't stir your heart, you may have missed the whole point of this. Someone came here who was hesitant to open a Bible. And it was here at Liberty, someone said, Olga said, it's okay to open the Bible. And then you had this whole, I don't know what was going on in the foyer area there, but there was something where you could sign up for ministries. And I love the fact that the, that the dear sister, she signed up for everything. It's like, yes, do it twice, whatever. That, but you have a culture here where people want to connect. That's God, and that's your responsiveness, and it's leadership. But someone came here and said, I found something for me. I was done at that point. And Sammy told me, he said, if you can't do it after this baptism video, you just can't do it, but I'm going to try to do something here. But I want you to know what you have here is special. And this is not you to pat yourself on the back. This is just to point to him and say, what a God. Oh, we love our pastor. We love our staff. We love our school. And you should. But I come here and I want to love God more. Does that make sense to you? All right. Now, I've given you fair time. If you haven't found Matthew 6, what do we do? We just fake it. We open to something. There's no Bible police that come by. The cameras don't pan down to see if you're really on the page, although it's an idea. But Matthew chapter 6, I want you to read some verses that are just super special to me. I'm going to start in verse number 19. The first 18 verses, they have to do with hypocrisy. Now, there was probably a day where there were hypocrites in church, and I'm sure there are no hypocrites in church now. Well, maybe. But he deals with Christ is in what we call the Sermon on the Mount. The reason why it's called the Sermon on the Mount, because it was a Sermon on the Mountain. And so he's giving this, and he's dealing with hypocrisy. Hypocrisy with money, giving. Hypocrisy with prayer. And hypocrisy with fasting. He finishes those things in the first 18 verses, and then he changes subjects in 19. Start here. Lay not up for yourselves treasures upon the earth. You say, all right, well, that's, that's a negative statement. He's telling us not to do something. Laying not up for myself 
treasures upon the earth. Well, if I jump ahead to the next verse, I realize there's a second place where I can put my treasures. In 19, it tells me I can put my treasures on earth. In 20, it tells me that I can put my treasures in heaven. So now I have something about treasures. I need to understand what is a treasure because I have a good place to put it and a not good place to put it. I have somewhere that I can take something that is a treasure and I can either put it on earth, but I'm going to face consequences when I do. The consequences I face in verse 19 are clear. Moth and rust doth corrupt, and where thieves break through and steal. Again, if I know what a treasure is, then I know there's a good place to put treasures, heaven. There's not so good place, earth. But again, we come back to what is the definition of a treasure? Because then I realize I can either put my treasure on earth and risk losing it. And I can put treasures in heaven and have a reward for putting it there. But again, I come back to what is a treasure. Well, a treasure, what would we call that? I would say a treasure is something for which you would pay a great sum to get it. And then I would say a treasure is something you would pay a reward if you lost it. Or if it was discovered, you would pay someone a reward. But either way, it's going to cost you something. Treasures. So now I think I understand. If it's something of great value to me, I will either risk losing it by keeping it here, or I will have the advantage of gaining by putting it in heaven. There's a lot of questions for me as a literal thinker because now I'm going to say, well, how do I put stuff in heaven? Is there like a drive through window? Do you get a lollipop when you go through and something for the kids and the dog or whatever? How do you put stuff in heaven? And then you say, okay, well, if I have stuff that I'm going to put on earth, then I must be putting it into perhaps a safe. And therefore, it will be secure and I'll be able to keep stuff. Treasures. Treasures are that for which I would pay a sum to get. Great value. Increase in value. Do you remember Beanie Babies? You do? Do you have any? You have one? What is the one you have? Yeah, I have one. And it's a little parrot. And sometimes I carry that parrot with me in my backpack, and I unzip a little space in my backpack to put my baby baby parrot in it. But year, don't judge. People have feelings. A kid gave it to me because I talked about Beanie Babies one time, and she gave it to me and said, I want to give you one of my very special Beanie Babies. So there. But years ago, there was a, not that I'm that old, I read about it on the, on the YouTube, but <laughs> years ago, they told people, get all the Beanie Babies, it's going to be the greatest investment, you will make money. Anybody remember that era? Grandparents galore would, yes, they chased after, McDonald's even gave Beanie Babies. And right now, in my house, my son, John, 
has two cases of these Beanie Babies. And you know what they're worth? Besides emotional value. They're worth nothing. They said, oh, this is a great treasure. Can you imagine going through your whole life treasuring the wrong stuff? I got Beanie Babies. I got a boat. I got guns. I, I, can I say that here? Hey, I, I got stuff, and I got barns to put my stuff, and I got stuff, and, and that's my treasures. And what if, what if your list didn't match God's list? What if you spent your whole life pursuing the wrong treasure? She said, how am I going to know what's God's list? And then I can evaluate mine because I'm not even quite sure now if you took Beanie Babies off the list, what should I be treasuring here on earth? I say this, from my heart to you, you can put all of your investments in this world. By the way, this verse does not scold you for saving. Saving is why scripture is filled with lessons and principles on even precepts on saving. But in this case, when we have a treasure list of stuff that we want, and that list doesn't match God's, we're messed up. We've got the wrong treasuring going on. Well, again, let me read a little bit more to you. 20, lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt in thieves, where thieves do not break through and steal. So there's a reward system in verse 20. There's a risk system in verse 19. There is still the connection between treasures in 19 and treasures in 20. If the accepted definition that I propose to you is, I would pay a great price to get it. There was a time where Beanie Babies were going for $600 each. Said, where? In America, right here. People were crazy for them. But every time we do that, every time we try to save for ourselves, we lose. Mark this down. You'll never save by keeping, and you'll never lose by giving. Verse 21. Watch these words. For where your treasure, third mention, treasure in 19, treasure in 20, treasure in 21. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also treasure. If, if I find it, I'll pay a reward. If it's found, I'll pay a reward to get. If it's something I truly value, I'll pay a great price to get it. And then he says this, wherever your treasure is, your heart will be there too. Brother Sammy, can I borrow a son and a daughter? Come on, this, no one's ever died in an illustration I pro, that I know of. A son and a daughter. Yes, look at this. Representing team. All right, here we go. What is your name? Sophia. Sophia, I'm John. It's nice to meet you. Do you know this guy beside you? Yes. What's his name? Sammy. Sammy, hi, I'm John. 
Sophia, it's nice to meet you. Okay. How old are you? Twelve. Twelve. How old are you? Ten. But she's taller. Just <laughs> come here to the middle. Come here to the middle. I'm going to give fits to the video guys, but do the best you can, okay? I've moved around because I felt like you slept this morning, and so therefore I'm moving around just to keep up. Sammy and Sophia, they both start with S. What in the world? Was that planned? Yeah, okay. The other two back there, you got more S's back there? Just... Uh, wow, okay. <laughs> I think when he, Dave Tice comes, work on the family conference part of that. Like the kids left out with the I. Okay, Sophia, I want you to be treasure. Okay? Sammy, I want you to be heart. Okay, what's your job? <laughs> your job is to be heart. Your job is to be treasure. treasure. All right, hold hands. No, no, we're not shaking hands, Sammy. <laughs> Mom, if you want a picture of this, this might not have happened in a while, has it? Yeah, okay. So, would you walk to Pastor Thompson? Well, just, you're going to mess up my whole illustration. Why? Heart, whose heart? follows treasure. So treasure, you go to pastor. Oh, look at that. Just like Jesus said, all the way through, stop, 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 stop. This is something else because this is what Jesus said. Where the things that you treasure, your heart's going to go after those because heart always follows treasure. So whatever you're treasuring, your heart will be there. Okay, so walk back to the middle. Let's see if it's still works. <laughs> Could you not have sent me someone sharper? <laughs> Don't walk beside Heart. There you go. You are treasure and you are heart. Illustration. As if this wasn't. When someone tells me that their heart is no longer in their marriage, my graceful reply is going to be to them, then who are you treasuring? Because if your heart's not there, then you're treasuring someone else. If someone tells me, my heart's just not in church anymore, I'm going to say, gracefully to you, then what are you treasuring if it's not church? My heart's just not in missions anymore. Then I'm going to say to you, if your heart's not there, then you're treasuring something else. And missions extravaganza weekend? I'm just making this last as long as I can. <laughs> missions extravaganza weekend? It's about a heart check. Am I treasuring the right stuff? You were amazing. I mean, for a guy, you were amazing. You were incredible. Off you go. <laughs> yeah, as quick as, whoom, drop the hands. Mom, did you get a picture? <sighs> All right. You were great, Sophia. Sammy. 
where your treasure is. What if I went my whole life and didn't treasure the right things? Then, then I'm in the risk verse. Moth, rust, doth corrupt, thieves break through and steal. But, but there is a way, it says in, in 20, it says I can lay up treasures in heaven. So I want an answer. You say, well, you're the preacher, you're supposed to have the answers. Well, I w- asked myself this question and then I wrote out some answers. Because then I started to realize, if I knew what God treasured, I would not waste my life with Beanie Baby research and investments. I would actually just invest in what was important to God. You know why we do this missions extravaganza? Because we want to make sure that you are treasuring the right stuff. Because if you treasure the right stuff, you'll be on the mission field you're supposed to be. You'll be in the ministry class you're supposed to be. You'll be in the outreach you're supposed to be doing. You'll be giving in the offering. You'll do all of those things if you're treasuring the right stuff. Say, well, my heart's just not in it anymore. Okay. Let me say this as kindly as I know how. Then you're treasuring something else. And I just want to treasure what God treasures. That's all. I'm not perfect. I'm not like ideal. I'm nothing. I'm just a guy. I got saved when I was four at a Christian camp. My parents were attending because they just trusted Christ. I got saved. And it's just worked out for me. He saved me. He gave me an opportunity to serve him. And these last 39 years, I've been in ministry doing one thing, just trying to treasure what he treasures. And you know what? My heart stays in it. But when my heart's not in it anymore, then I'm going to end up treasuring something else. So you have a whole blank page there that you got to fill out. And I don't know, we'll give you stickers or something if you fill it out. But I want to give you the five things that I thought of that Christ paid a high price for or paid a reward if he found it. The first one is just a few pages away in Matthew chapter 16. Matthew chapter 16, you can write the reference down. I need to find my Bible. What is the first thing that I see on God's list that he treasures? Well, here in Matthew 16, if you turned over there, otherwise write the reference down. Then Jesus said unto his disciples, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whosoever shall, will, will save his life shall lose it, and whosoever will lose his life for my sake shall find it. For what is a man profited if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? The highest price ever paid for any entity on earth is a man's soul. There is nothing you can give in exchange for your soul. The only thing that will come in exchange for your soul is what Christ paid on the cross. So start your list. God values souls. 
I bet you could quote this next one with me, the second one. God values the world, John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. What does God value? Souls. Number two, he values the world. How do I know that? He gave his son. For God so loved the world, he gave. What is, what is a treasure? Something for which you would pay a great price to get it or a reward if you found it. Number three, if you're writing thing, references down, this is Ephesians chapter 5 and verse number 25. It's a passage on marriage and the home, but in it, Paul uses an illustration and says this, husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it. What is a treasure? A treasure is something you pay a high price if you found it. So now I'm starting a list of what does God treasure? He treasures souls. He treasures the world. He treasures the church. Number four, if you looked in, in Hebrews chapter 11 and verse number six, he treasures faith. But without faith, it is impossible to please God. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. God rewards faith. That meets the qualification of a treasure, something for which he would pay a reward. Without faith, it's impossible to please him. Let me give you the last one. It's right back there in Matthew 6, about where I left you. If you go back to Matthew 6, it's in the section on the hypocrisy of giving. And he says this, because the fifth thing I want you to see is God treasures sincere giving. In Matthew chapter 6, verse 1, he said, Take heed that you do not your alms. What are alms? They, they are the giving that takes place. Do not your alms before men to be seen of them. Remember I told you this was in the section about a hypocrisy of giving? That people would give to show off? Notice what he says, to be seen of them. Otherwise, you have no reward of your Father which is in heaven. What is a treasure? Something for which we would pay a reward if we found. If God finds sincere giving, what happens? Verse 3. Or verse 2, therefore when thou doest thine alms, watch this, I love this. As a visual thinker, this is everything. When thou doest thine alms, do not sound a trumpet before thee. <laughs> Can you see it? John's giving. Here I am. You said people would do that? Yes. Maybe not John, but somebody would do that. And he's scolding them for hypocrisy and giving. Why? Because he wants sincere giving. How do I know that? No further. He said in verse number three, when thou doest thine alms, let not thy left hand know what thy right hand doeth, that thy alms may be in secret. And thy father, which seeth in secret himself, shall reward thee openly. What does God value? Sincere giving. You see this card? It's everything God treasures. He treasures souls. 
He treasures the world. He treasures the church. He treasures faith. He treasures sincere giving. When I give a gift by faith to the missions program of our church, that's laying up treasures in heaven. There's the deposit window. He treasures the church. So much so, this is what he gave himself for, the church. Faith. Believing him for the gift to be able to give above your tithe that you would be able to give. And, and that's what he treasures. Ah, oh, my heart's just not in missions anymore. You're treasuring something. He treasures the world. He treasures souls. He treasures the church. He treasures faith. He treasures sincere giving. Are you working on his list or yours? Thank you for listening to Messages from Liberty. Tune in next week for more Bible teaching or subscribe on iTunes to stay up to date with our current series.